Well, welcome to the Grow Deeper podcast. My name is Mike Holly. I'm with Ross Furio. We're from Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back for episode three. The third one. So just to remind you, you know, this is a podcast, we decided to call it Grow Deeper. And, you know, our goal here is just to spend some time each week asking some questions, maybe eventually looking at some scriptures and some ideas around growing deeper in our faith, right? About how we can do that as individuals and how we can be a community that is seeking to continue to grow together. Exactly. And, you know, the first two episodes really sort of set the stage for us. We talked a little bit about what growth is. We talked a little bit about our own lives and how we have experienced growth uh, in um, especially our younger years as we were sort of uh, in that formative stage of uh, becoming who we are today. And, well, I mean, let's just be honest here, though. I'm still in my formative years, right? Okay. I mean, you just, may you may not be, but I am still in my formative years. I mean, this podcast is probably going to be part of my formative years. I, I, I mean, I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but... You're like <laughs> a child actor growing up <laughs> That's right. before our eyes. That's right. Mentor me. Just rub it in that you're younger <laughs> than me. Yeah. So last week we kind of told uh, bits and pieces of our own stories, right? Focusing on how and when we experience seasons of growth out of stillness, out of pain, and out of love. Because if you remember from that first episode, those were kind of the three areas that we really broke it down to as far as what are the catalysts that most often cause us to enter seasons of growth. Right. And and now we're thinking about how can we get practical? What are the things that we can uh, do as individuals or even as groups and communities to take those steps, what can we do to uh, grow? You know, what what we know that growth just doesn't happen. It's not magical. There's a right. process, right? And so, what can we do to go forward in that direction? And and what we're going to say is is that uh, it's a whole process where you've got to have an idea of where you're going. You've got to have sort of a an end destination in mind of wholeness and health, and then. You've got to break that down into the steps to get there. So in a sense, this is about developing a lifelong plan of growth, a lifelong game plan for taking the necessary steps towards that end um, idea or whole picture of who you are. Right. I mean, kind of what I hear you saying is the way we've decided to break this down, I guess, over the next two episodes, or really maybe just in this one, is that... When you think about what's next, it's almost twofold, right? There's probably going to be this long-term goal that pops in your head or a long-term game plan that pops in your head that's going to take months or years to really traverse. But alongside that, there should also be some super practical rubber-meets-the-road steps that we can take or you can take to get on that trajectory, even if they're minimal and small and easy and simple. So in one hand, you're holding a long-term plan. And on the other hand, you're holding, okay, that's important. But now what, what can I do today? What, what can I wake up tomorrow morning doing that I didn't do this morning that will begin to put me on that trajectory? Exactly. And, and the, the truth of the matter is none of this is easy. Uh, it's going to take um, some really uh, time spent in knowing yourself, uh, in discernment about what needs to be your your next step. But yes, I mean, 
let's just be honest, a lifelong growth plan to try to get to the point at which you are whole and healthy, that's that's difficult. I mean, that's going to take a lot of hard work and dreaming and kind of really understanding what are my motivations uh, and what are my goals. But for what we're talking about today, we're going to dial that back because Again, that's hard. That's going to take a lot more time than listening to one episode of a podcast. Yeah, and that's something that that we're going to work on fleshing out over the next several several episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not even something that we know how to articulate in one episode for ourselves, much less for you. Exactly, and it's going to be different based on the different uh, end goals for right. people. Right. And so, you know, putting together what that looks like in terms of a long term game plan or growth plan. Uh, we need to do some work to try to get to the point where uh, we can articulate uh, more clearly what that is going to look like. And we've got some ideas and we've got some scripture references that I think that'll be really helpful for us in developing that. But for today, we want to talk a lot more about what it means for us to focus on at least one thing, one thing that we can do right now to get us moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's going to be our focus uh, by the end of this podcast is to try to get you to identify just one thing in your life that you can do. Uh, so I think we've boiled it down to two steps that we want you to take today. Yeah, one the, thing, two steps. Yeah, the first thing is, okay, where is your lack of growth? Or, or where is the problem that you want to grow out of? Um, so maybe for you that has something to do with stillness, pain, and love. Maybe that's a catalyst that, that's working in your life right now, and it's revealed an area where you want to grow, where you're seeking growth. Or maybe it doesn't have anything to do with that, and you just want to be more engaged with your faith, and, and you know that's what you want, but you're not really sure how you can get there. But I think the first step is to identify where is my area where I feel like I'm lacking growth. Exactly. And and to put it in an example, both Ross and I have had to go through physical therapy. Both of us have had problems uh, within our uh, skeletal structure or Correct. Yes. Our, our muscles. Um, and, you know, we had had to do certain exercises in order to create strength to overcome those, those problems. And what was kind of interesting for me in my story is that my problem was in my Achilles tendon. But that wasn't the cause. The cause was actually tight muscles elsewhere mm. in my calves and my hamstrings. And that was then pulling on this. And so once we realized that I was showing pain in my Achilles tendon, but the actual issue was in my legs, the exercises were actually for the areas that needed the most work, the most growth. Mm. And, you know, I didn't work during the time I was in physical therapy on my uh, arm strength, you know, or, or flexibility anywhere else. It was all focused on here's one thing that I can do one exercise, two exercises, whatever, to create strength in this area, because that's where I need it the most. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the, that's our second step. I mean, identify the problem, identify for, you know, for you, what you're saying is where the pain is, identify where you, where you know, you need to seek growth. And then the next step is, okay, what is one thing that I can do that will put me on a trajectory towards that becoming a reality. Exactly. Just one thing. What What is one thing that I can do that that will begin to bring that into my life, even if it is simple, small, and a barely noticeable step in my day to day life? Sure. And and when I think, my assumption is 
is that a lot of the problems that we have, uh, we don't know where to start. You know, most of the time in our lives, whenever we've been uh, taught or coached by someone, they're more knowledgeable than we are, and they will say, here are the things that you need to do to get here, right? But when you're looking at your own life, sometimes it can be overwhelming and you just don't know where to start. And so by basically taking the pressure off that you don't have to have a whole game plan of attack yet, you're just basically saying, I see the issue. I know the problem. I, uh, you know, in my stillness, I have seen the light, you know, it, out of love or out of pain. I know I need to change in some area. Now I'm taking the whole, the whole pressure off what it's going to be like five years from now, 10 years from now. I'm going to focus on what's one thing that I can do right now in this place, in this moment to make a difference, to take at least the first steps towards change. Yeah. And, you know, I'm betting that some of you have a lot of clarity right now about what that problem is in your life, right? Where you want to seek growth. And I'm also guessing that a lot of you do not have clarity around that. So maybe just that first step for you is where you need to start. Maybe that's your one thing is, okay, well, you know, I know I need to grow, but I don't really know where or how God is calling me to grow. So maybe the first step for you is entering into a willingness to to listen and to discern and to start asking questions and trying new things and and to see where the spirit may tug start start to tug at your heart. But for those of you that do know where you want to go or where you feel like God is calling you to go, then we're interested this week in pushing you to take on that one thing. Exactly. Think about it in terms of any major change in your life. There was something required out of you to start that process. You know, there was some, something required uh, from you to make that first step forward into something new. Even if you didn't know what it was going to be like on the other end, there's always at least one point where you can say, here's where I took the first step. Yeah. And, you know, with problems in our life, the reality is most of the time they're intertwined with multiple issues, right? It's really hard to boil a problem down to just one thing, which means it's really hard to boil a solution down to just one thing. I mean, you were telling me a story earlier that, that illustrates that really well. Yeah, and, and this comes from uh, very early in my ministry, oh, back when I was Ross's age. And um, <laughs> I was uh, preaching in, a, in another church uh, in a contemporary service. They had contemporary services back then? Way back then, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was, it was all on, uh, on you know, pianos and, and uh, tambourines and things like that back in the day. Uh, anyway, we, we, were, um, you know, we were doing a contemporary service. I was preaching and and as you, um, you know, stand in front of people uh, and talk about tough things in life, sometimes people feel like, hey, you know, maybe they'll have answers for me you right. know, or yeah. maybe, hey, they, they care about me and so I can bring my troubles. And we love that. Mm. Um, we want to help people. Mm -hmm. And there's always a time in which we, we can help you or we can at least help you find the help you need right. from a right. professional if needed. Right. Well, uh, I had a couple come to me. Um, you know, wanting to talk about their marriage. And, uh, and so we set up an appointment at this other church and we met in a room, uh, one of the conference rooms in, in the church. And it was clear to me within five minutes of talking to this couple that I was really underprepared to deal mm -hmm. with the problems they were facing. Mm -hmm. It started with, Hey, we got some stuff going on in our marriage too. These are complex, difficult, shocking 
things mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, I didn't even know where to begin. Right. Filled with deception and misunderstanding oh, and and probably intertwined with lies and just like the whole package. It was. It was just all messed up. It was complex. And one of the one of the issues, not the worst, but one of the issues was that the husband was working nonstop and he wasn't coming home until like two or three o'clock in the morning and getting up and going and he just wasn't around. And there were some other complicated things there. And uh, while I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Um, luckily, I was at a larger church. And so they had a pastoral counselor on staff, somebody who was a trained therapist, uh, who's also a, a Christian and pastor. And so uh, it was back in the day of Blackberries. These were phones with keyboards on them. It wasn't like a digital <laughs> keyboard, Ross. I had a Blackberry. And so I, I took it out of my pocket under the table and I was able because uh, I was, uh, you know, so used to texting uh, at that point. I was able to send out a, a text or an email to the staff saying, get me the counselor now. Pause right there for just a second. Okay. Your one thing in that moment was asking for help. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. My one thing was, I know I'm not prepared I know to that deal I, with this. Yeah, I know I can't do this alone. But I know at least one person who hopefully is in the building right. that can help me. Right. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, uh, uh, the counselor came in and, of course, um, he was dealing with all the complexities. And um, we got to the point at which they were going to schedule another appointment with him, thankfully, two weeks later. And Dixon's first thing that he said, the pastoral counselor, was, you know, what I want you to do, husband, I want you to come home every night for the next two weeks by midnight. I was on the other side of things, you know, thankfully, you know, uh, keeping my mouth shut, but I was thinking, no, you got to focus on this. This is the core issue or no, you've got to focus on their marriage. You've got to get that. And I was thinking like all these massive, huge Mm -hmm. changes that needed to happen, Mm -hmm. but that was too much for them. They were in too much of uh, the complexity and the chaos of what they were dealing with. too overwhelming. Too overwhelming. And if you tried to get them to make huge changes right then, it would just implode. And, you know, also what I'm realizing, too, is is by asking them to do such a simple step, it gauges their willingness to really change. Yeah. Are you willing? If someone isn't willing to come home two or three hours earlier, then there's no way anything beyond that is even on the table for uh, growth and repair and reconciliation. Exactly. Are you willing to make a small, small change, which, you know, coming home at midnight doesn't seem like a small change. That still is way too late for a family. Mm-hmm. But it is a small change, better than two or three in the morning, a small change to get some couple back to the point at which they are living within the boundaries of their expectations and their relationship and their, their trust. Mm-hmm. One thing. That's what he did for that two weeks. And, you know, to me, that was a brilliant, brilliant move in terms of counseling to get to what's the one thing that you can do, like you said, to demonstrate your, your, um, your willingness to grow and to change and to help build the sort of um, ground for a relationship to be repaired. Mm. You know, it's not just about demonstrating willingness. It's getting back to the place at which you know, both of you feel like there is something left to salvage. I mean, I think I just think that's a really good illustration of 
how complex it can seem so often and how I do think there is always one thing that we can do. Uh, Even if we look at your role, right? I mean, the one thing you could do was say, okay, I'm in way over my head and I need someone who has some training in this to come in and guide these folks. And so that's what you did. And and it worked out well. I I mean, they they received some uh, guidance and help that they needed that you couldn't provide. Mm -hmm. And they were given practicals a practical step uh, to set them on that same trajectory. And that's really what we're talking about here, especially if when you think about your long range goal for growth, if it feels almost unattainable, if it's, if it feels so lofty and uh, so, so big of a change for you that it's like, I don't even know how this would even be possible. Well, what's one thing you could do to start to convince yourself that it is? What's what's one thing that you could do to to say oh, okay well that that wasn't so hard I can work that into my life well, what what's a, the next thing I mean that that's the goal of this right is that you take on this one thing and it becomes a part of your life and then you say oh, okay well what's something else and and people are familiar with this concept we just don't ever really practice it in our own lives I mean you've heard this saying before how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't practice it in our lives. Maybe we do. I don't think we practice it in our faith. Oh, that's true. We don't often do that. You know, I think too often folks, is a classic example, right? I decide that I want to be more engaged with scripture. And so what do I do come January 1st? Well, I start a Bible in a year reading plan, which is multiple chapters of reading a day. And taking me from zero minutes spent reading scripture a day to sometimes 30 minutes spent reading scripture a day. And surprise, surprise, for, for most folks, it doesn't, it doesn't work. We don't make it past week two. I mean, I, I think that's the average for New Year's resolutions is two weeks. We don't make it past week two because we bit off more than we could handle. We expected too much of ourselves when instead we should have narrowed it down and said, okay, well, what are some stories in scripture that I know I'll enjoy reading, that I remember from my childhood or that I remember my pastor talking about, that I want to go back and read for myself? What are some of those stories and start there and then begin to inch into the bigger pieces and the more unknown? So what are the simple one thing steps that you can take? And like what you were saying with devotionals, um, you know, the, the very practice of having an attainable goal, something that you can start with and keep up. It's kind of like what they say about diets. You know, you, you, you cannot take on an extreme diet and, and live that for the rest of your lives. It's not possible. But if you have small changes in your diet and those can be sustained, then you can have a long-term health plan because you're going to be able to live within the parameters of that new diet. And so if you think about it in terms of your example with scripture, we're talking about setting up practices that you can do, or at least even if you get out of the habit, you can easily switch back to, and then it's something to build from. And so if you get to the point where reading two verses a day is attainable, then what about four, right? Can you do a little bit more? Mm. Which, what's your breaking point at that point? And, and the more that you build on something that's more solid in your life, the greater, uh, uh, you know, chance you have of sustaining some growth over time. But you got to start 
somewhere with that one thing that will help leverage you to the next thing. Yeah, like for instance, if we keep running this example, I have learned that the most I can ask of myself for daily scriptural readings is one chapter. That's the most I can ask of myself, one chapter a day. Because when I combine that with sermon prep and other readings and prepping for things like this and other content and teaching lessons, I don't have the bandwidth to do more than one chapter of scripture a day for my personal devotion. But it took me some time to get to that point. Mm -hmm. But I finally figured out that on crazy days and on slower days, I can make time to read one chapter of scripture a day. So for me, that was that one thing, starting that practice and saying, okay, well, I know I can do this. Mm -hmm. Well, and and one of the things that I've realized in my own experience of working, uh, not only participating in devotional, but also writing one, is that there are times where I'm struggling to find something that I can pull out of a chapter. But then there are other times when I've got five or six things mm-hmm. for a chapter that, that oh, this is kind of interesting and it's, it's enlightening. And, and so, you know, there are times in which a chapter might be even too much because mm-hmm. there's enough to wrestle with in just a few verses. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you have to learn who you are and how you're wired and, and, and how God speaks in and through this scripture to you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's go, it goes back, I think, always to that, what's one thing that I can do right now to improve this area of my life? For spiritual growth, it may be, like we're talking about, a devotional or reading the Bible, mm-hmm. spending more time in prayer. You know, you've mentioned even like breath prayers and, and meditation as part of uh, religious practice that has been meaningful to you when you were in seminary. And I think that, again, one thing, if, if, if you read a chapter a day and that's too much for you, okay, well, what's right for you? Mm-hmm. Go back to what, what is right. Yeah, again, we're interested in practical and sustainable. If something is practical but it's not sustainable, then that's not what we're talking about. Exactly. Talk, we're talking about something that you know on the front end is a sustainable thing for you to take on, to put you on a trajectory that moves you towards where you see yourself or want to see yourself growing months or years down the road. And and this one thing, like you said, it's practical and it's sustainable, and it can be for any area of your life. We're only recommending one thing right now, but you can apply this uh, technique, and uh, it's from a a book uh, that we both have, have encountered, and it's a great, great, great read. But the idea is you can take this one practice and spread it through every area your physical health, your emotional health, uh, spiritual health like we've been talking about, you can do, take this practice and boil it down to each one of those areas. What's one thing I can do right now to get closer to physical health? What's one thing I can do right now to improve my marriage, to improve my relationship with my kids? What's one thing I can do right now to take care of myself, you know, self-care mm-hmm. in terms of how I need to protect me? So all of those things are, are applicable to this one thing because you are responsible for figuring out what is your area of growth and what is the one thing you can do. And, and that's the thing. We can't do that for you. We can encourage you to, to think about your life like that, but that's part of the reason why we just find ourselves giving somewhat vague examples because there's no telling where you feel like the spirit is pulling you right now as far as as far as growth 
that's something that only you can figure out. Now it's something we'd love to talk with you about if, if you want some help in discerning that. But at the end of the day, if you're listening to this podcast, only you know where, where you feel like God is calling you, which means if you haven't already, there's going to have to be some, some discernment and some willingness to open yourself up to the Spirit to kind of get this process going in your own life. Right. You've got to spend some time uh, thinking about your life. Where are the pain points? Um, you know, we talked about stillness, pain, and, and love. You know, who do you love or what do you love and, and what's required of you to grow uh, because of that? In your stillness, maybe in your discernment, maybe God will reveal something or you'll know that there's a, a broken area of your life or an underformed area of your mm-hmm. life that needs to be, um, to be transformed. And, and then you can start saying, well, what's one thing? And, you know, at first you may get something that, that feels a little silly or it might feel like, I don't know that this is really enough to make a difference. doesn't matter. You choose your one thing and you do it. And if you need to change your one thing over time because you bit off more than you could chew, right? you go back to that. Right. You know, it, it, that's the beauty of it is that it can be molded and shaped into the one thing that you can do and need to do to make uh, a change or at least go in the right direction of change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's really what we wanted to drive home uh, in this episode is, is encourage you, especially if you've listened to the first two. Uh, to b- before we start to really hash out and talk about, okay, well, what does a more long-term growth plan look like? To say that, well, before we get there, let's, let's put ourselves on the trajectory uh, and let's take on a practice or two that, that may be, you know, uh, simple, but that we feel like are going to lead to changes in our life. Exactly. There is a growth plan out there for each and every one of us. There's something bigger and greater uh, that all of us can grow towards. I mean, none of us are at our final uh, whole self yet. And so there is a plan out there. And we're going to prayerfully, you know, discern what advice we can give and places that we can point you to help you in, in that sort of endeavor of creating a path, a journey for um, whole life growth. But for right now, you know, before you get to the point of designing a plan like that, there are already areas of your life we think because, because to because be honest, there are areas of our lives. Yeah. That's, that's why we think that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we know that we've got things that we need to work on. If so you're, the if one you're thing, anything like us, then there are simple things that you know that you can take on, uh, that will lead to change because that's where we find ourselves. Right. And so we all have that. What's one thing that you can do right now that's practical, that is sustainable, that can make a difference? Next week, we are going to shift a little bit. And I think where we're feeling led to go with this is to start to pull in some narratives and stories from Scripture as we begin to to try and piece together, okay, well, what is a more long-range, long-term vision for growth? look like. And I think we both agree that a really good place to start with that is to look at some folks in scripture and say, okay, what did it look like for them? At what points did God show up in people's lives and scriptures in seasons of growth? And how does that help us kind of piece together uh, how that would look in our own lives? 
And I think that that demonstrates just how much we can look at these examples and they can be uh, effective and educational for us. And, and again, they are meant to be living examples uh, for us to guide us when we don't know where to go. And these examples, I think, will, will really help us to put together uh, a long-term plan uh, for growth. Yeah, we're going to call it a growth plan of action just so we can use the abbreviation GPA because it just feels feels good, and, feels right. And talking about a GPA makes me feel smart. Yeah, yeah. Even well, though I'm not going to tell you what my GPA was. It will make us smarter, uh, <laughs> hopefully, right? That's the goal. So plan of action, growth plan of action. What are we going to be doing to map out a long-term plan for growth. Yep. And how do we see that show up in scripture um, and, and what can we learn from it? So that's where we're headed. Uh, we hope that between now and then you will focus on uh, simple things, maybe just one thing that you can do in your own life to set you on a trajectory of growth and fulfillment and purpose uh, and will bring you closer to where you feel like God is calling you in your own life. So join us next week and we'll start the process of looking deeper into Scripture as our guide and grow towards that long-term plan of action.